This episode of Controller Disconnected is sponsored by Podcorn. Fellow podcasters know the struggle of finding sponsors for their shows, and Podcorn is here to help you out. It's a marketplace that helps you connect with relevant sponsors and pitch your shows directly to them. You can set your own rates and choose to read your ads or do sponsored interviews and discussions. Podcasters of all sizes can join and seek opportunities in Podcorn, and rest assured that Podcorn will support you all the way. Click the link in my show notes to sign up to Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities, or go straight to podcorn.com. Hello everyone, this is the Controller Disconnected Podcast. I am your host, Matthias Carnero. I'm gonna start working on some other big game analyses now that I'm done with Resident Evil 2, so today we're gonna be slowing down and talking about a few demos. They're all from games that are either about to or were just recently released, so if any of them sound interesting to you, they're not very far from us. Let's jump right into the very first one of the day, the demo for the Final Fantasy VII Remake. I must admit that I've never been a fan of the Final Fantasy series of games. I've just never been a fan of RPGs in general, they don't really appeal to me. The combination of all the different items, magic and spells overwhelm me, and the pacing can sometimes feel slow to me, at least for the older games where the dialogue came on text boxes. However, Final Fantasy has a way of adapting to times with most iterations. The original 7th game itself was a leaping presentation, from 16-bit sprites to full polygon models. Then the 10th game, which enlarged its scale with the PlayStation 2. And most recently, the 15th game made some big changes to its battling mechanics, going for a more action-oriented style with a blend of the party-based battles of before. Still, I wasn't very excited for the 7th game remake for myself, but more so for the other actual fans of the series who would be getting something asked for for years on end, much like the Resident Evil 2 fans who begged for a full remake until finally getting one. But after playing the demo for the new Final Fantasy VII, I think I can say with a good degree of certainty that I am indeed very excited for the full game. Hell, I'm not even excited to play it, I just want to watch the whole thing unfold before my eyes because it just looks so beautiful. I think it speaks to how the internet video takes away from visuals that I had seen the opening to the remake before, but I, had, but I was blown away by how great it looked on the actual game, uncompressed and at full resolution. If anything, then just download the demo to watch that opening, and tell me it's not beautiful to my face. I dare you. The characters all look great as well, it's probably how I assume fans remember them as from when they played originally. Their mannerisms are very good too. The motion actors definitely deserve a lot of credit for their performances. Aside from the good looks, what else does the FF7 remake has to offer? Well, plenty it turns out. Before even starting to play the game, the music stands out in your ears. What you heard after the intro was the main menu theme, because I found it so compelling and wanted an excuse to listen to it again after playing. 
The whole soundtrack has been remade in a bombastic orchestral arrangement. Listening to the original music, it sounded pretty cinematic as it was, but comparing both versions, in all honesty, the new one blows it out of the water. I'm not attached to any of the original themes, but I've read some opinions of fans that were just as delighted as I was to listen to the new versions of the music that were part of their childhood or teenage years, or just have some sort of attachment to the game. It's a thing that transcends age. I have yet to hear a new version of the Victory Fanfare, though that's the one I'm interested in hearing. And then there's the voice acting. Like I said, one of the things that I never really liked about RPGs is the slow pacing of the games caused by text boxes of dialogue. Well, we're in the 21st century now, so that's a thing of the past. The remake has a whole cast of voices for the characters, which advances things in a more dynamic way. And the casting choices are also spot on. Every voice sounds very fitting to the characters, and the banter is very enjoyable to listen to. I would love to have Jesse whisper sweet enough in my ear all day. Oh, damn it, did I just say that out loud? Also, apparently Britt Baron is voicing Tifa? I loved her on Glow, I really want to hear what she sounds like in-game. We've been treated on our eyes, and we've been treated on our ears. Now it's time to treat our fingers. I have a nagging feeling that came out kinda weird, but whatever. The game plays as a blend of action with a party-based system like in Final Fantasy XV, which makes for some hectic fights. The first few skirmishes with Shinra soldiers are easy enough to get your feet wet as the game teaches you its mechanics and lets you get a feel for the rhythm. There are two different attacking modes with Cloud with his sword, one for quick focused attacks and another for wider but stronger strikes, good for taking on groups of enemies at once. The challenge begins once mechanical enemies start joining the fight, but that's also when Barrett comes in play as well. He has a minigun mallet on his right arm, so his attacks are of the range variety. You can fire bursts of bullets at enemies, or release the powerful charge shot once that's available. You can also pound the ground with the gun to charge it faster. Barret is not only good for the stronger battles, but being that he has ranged attacks, he is also best when finding the annoying enemies that are far away such as sentry guns or flying little robots. They both also have additional attacks which cost points to use, which is another thing you must manage during battles along with magic and the health of your party members. The difficulty wasn't terribly hard, but I did get my ass kicked somewhat by the boss at the Malco reactor. Its attacks are pretty powerful, and in the final part where it has an auto-repair shield thing, I was just spamming attacks and magic because I didn't really know how else to get through it. I did alright though, at least I survived. The demo ends right after you escape the exploding reactor, and the first part of the game that will release this next month takes place only in Midgar. I'm hoping that the skill of that part is big enough to justify the split into multiple releases, and that it's not just Square Enix trying to pry more money by releasing multiple parts at full price. Still, if you haven't yet, there's still time to play the demo before the game comes out. Final Fantasy VII Remake is out on April 10th, 2020. The next demo on our list is set on the land of the rising sun, and is a sequel to a great game based on the standards set by the Dark Souls games. This is Neo Chu. the original Neo for about a year before getting on the sale. I like me some Soulsborne games, but they need to strike a certain balance between the movement and agility and the difficulty of the challenge. I really enjoyed Bloodborne back in 2015, but when giving Dark Souls 2 a try, I find myself bored and bothered by some of the game's quirks and pace. 
to a lesser degree, I think that the medieval setting also affected my enjoyment. I'm not all that into Middle Ages stuff, and one of the things that I also loved about Bloodborne was the Victorian Gothic aesthetic it had going on. Maybe that spoke more to the internal emo teenager in me than never blossomed, but I digress. Something about Neo had intrigued me, though. Maybe it was the feudal Japanese setting, but I had always been keeping an eye on it since it was released. Once the good sale appeared, I bit the bullet and I bought it. After getting my groove on for a while, I realized that I made a great purchase. It has all the gameplay things that I liked about Bloodborne with a samurai skin on top. All the different weapons felt great to use and it made me want to mix and match and give them all a spin. And it always felt great to use the ranged weapons, getting a one-shot kill on the head of my enemies with a bow and arrow or a hand cannon. I won't go into much more depth here for the sake of keeping the topic, but safe to say when I heard it was going to be a sequel, it was all but guaranteed that I'd be taking a stab at it as well. And it's exactly what I did with the Neo 2 Last Chance Trial. It's named so because it was a temporary demo released shortly before the full game came out, and it also came after a beta test that ran in November of 2019. The basics of Neo 2 are unchanged from the first game. It's still got a very snappy weapons combat with many options to mix and match from. For this demo, I picked a Switchglaive and an Axe for agility and strength. Though, the Switchglaive can pretty much work as an Axe on a high stance, so maybe I made a little redundant pick. Striking enemies is still as satisfying as ever, and getting a kill feels like a reward after making up so many strategies against soldiers and monsters on the fly. Also unchanged from the first game are the Guardian Spirits, except for the spirits themselves that are actually different. They work as a sort of magic in the game, where you can conjure up special attacks or even transform yourself into a stronger creature with more powerful attacks. The addition to this mechanic are the soul scores. Sometimes defeated yokai, the dark demon monsters of the game, will drop these scores that you can then attach to your guardian spirit and get stats boosts. You can also upgrade these scores with a certain little red creature whose name unfortunately escapes me right now, and get further boosts from them. It adds another degree of complexity to the combat, but I'm not sure if it made a bigger or better impact for me because I didn't play the demo for very long. I'm sure it will be essential for a big baller endgame arsenal though. Another combat related addition are these dark areas that are heavily influenced by the yokai. The atmosphere in these areas changes to very muted colors, and the demons are much stronger inside them too. Your key meter, which works as the stamina system of the game, also replenishes much more slowly than usual, a result of the influence of the yokai. There is always something emanating said influence inside the place, so the goal is to destroy that and clear all the monsters in the process. You could try to kill all the enemies one by one before then, but it can be quite hard, so whenever possible, try to go for the cursed object and destroy all the yokai at once. Lastly, the big new feature of Neo 2 is a customized character. The first Neo followed an Irishman called William who travels to Japan, but in this game you can create your own warrior to play with. It's got all the standard features of a good character creation tool, but it also goes very in-depth with smaller aspects of facial features and such. I tried my best to create a Japanese version of myself, but I'm not sure I quite capture my personal beauty in digital form. It'll still be a while until I'll find a creation tool like Bloodborne, where I was able to make a character that looks so much like myself in real life that it kind of scared me a little bit. If you're interested in getting Neo Chu, you'll be glad to know that it's already being released. It came out on March 13th, 2020. If you haven't played the original game and don't want to jump into the sequel right away, the first Neo Standard version is going for about $20 right now from what I've seen, though you might be able to get a better deal if you're looking to other places. We'll be taking a quick break to plug a great fellow podcast, but I can already say that the next demo will leave you seeing... STARS! Greetings, listeners! 
Are you looking to add more D&D fun to your lineup? Well, then welcome to Party Advantage, a fifth edition D&D play podcast. Join me, your DM Cassie, as I take three adventurers across the lands of Arius, from the bustling Tinker City of Gnomes, across the high seas, to Mage Towers Lost to Time. Well, my name is Manny. I'm Tagoro. Hi. My name is Garrus Falcon. Nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah, I got that. Too fast, too furious. Wait, what? <laughs> I just, you know, I had the reins in one hand. I pull out my axe with, you know, it has some electricity going off. And I'm just screaming, yeah! My god, it's pointing me in the right direction. And Manny, you're lucky enough that you're not standing right next to him to get showered with blood like you usually do. Yeah, the wall forces a really nice touch. I haven't been showered in a long time with blood. Tune in every other Wednesday on your podcast platform of choice. Will these adventurers find the advantage on their next encounter? Only one way to find out. See you then. I love it when a plan comes together. I feel a bit stupid covering Resident Evil again so soon after I said it was going to be the last episode for a while, but this demo just came out as I was writing this episode, so I had to include at least a few impressions. And they are going to be mostly just that, as the demo is actually very brief. I figured it was going to be a small chunk of Raccoon City, but turns out it's actually really just two streets. It is rather dense for what it does have, though. It's also pretty vertical. There are buildings and multiple stories to look into, higher passages to use as shortcuts or alternative pathways. You do go up and down on RE2 as well, but that's confined to a single space in the building or the sewers. This feels different because it's out and about in the city, it's a wider space. Or maybe I'm just trying to get the most that I can from such a small taster in the game. Well, enough about the space to walk on. How does the game play? It plays good. Maybe I'm seeing something that's not there or maybe it did get tweaked, but the shooting feels tighter than RE2. It makes sense in-universe as Joel is an actual experienced cop as opposed to a rookie or a civilian, but it also works with regards to the more action-oriented direction it's following. I kind of just feel more confident when aiming and taking shots at zombies. The guns also feel more satisfying to fire. The starter pistol available in the demo sounds incredible when you pull the trigger. It's a sharp, intense explosion of gunpowder. The shotgun also feels very boomy and strong, though I haven't popped many hands with it in my cautiousness. I was saving ammo for the elephant in the room, which we'll get to shortly. But that was only for the shotgun. The handgun had more ammo than I would ever need if you include the gunpowder you can mix. The assistant mode gives you an assault rifle to mow the undead down with, but I haven't yet played the assistant mode because I'm a big boy. I still want to see what it is like though, so I'll eventually cave in. There are red barrels in some places in the city, and you know what red barrels mean. Big explosions and toasty zombies. They deal damage to you too though, so stand clear from them if you decide to put them to their tactical use. Something I praised the heavens for was the addition of a dodging feature. One of the most annoying things in Resident Evil 2 was not being able to avoid zombie bites and having to take the damage on the face. This time around, Joe can dodge attacks from monsters with a single press of a button, and if done at the right time, you can even get a free shot at them. Time slows down and all that, like the reflex mode from Metal Gear Solid 5. Although if you do get bitten you still have to take the damage, you can mash a button to escape from the zombie grass more quickly and take slightly less damage than you usually would. 
I suppose Capcom recognized the innate reaction that players have to mash every button in their controller to get out of tricky situations and obliged our senses. Well, I guess I can't really push it off much further. Let's talk about Nemesis. Good God, what a big scary bastard. Mr. X felt more like an annoyance when he showed up in the other game, but Nemesis feels like a threat. He will pummel you into a pulp if you don't run away. And if you run away, he'll just jump in front of you and smack you anyway. In addition to being a big, strong bastard, Nemesis also infects normal zombies with some sort of parasite. Their heads become a blob of something and they spit at you from a distance. What happens when you get too close, I don't know. I haven't tried doing that yet. I don't think I really want to do that, period. But I still also want to see everything the demo has to offer. I also want to find all the Mr. Charlie bobbleheads. I suppose that's all I have for Resident Evil 3 demo. It's a very small portion, equivalent to one of those really tiny meals you get at super fancy restaurants. I would wager that the intention is to play it through multiple times, so trying to see everything that's available and master all it's got to offer. So this won't be the last of RE3 that I'll be seeing until next month. By the way, there's also a demo for the multiplayer section of the game, but that one isn't available yet as of this recording. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Resident Evil 3 comes out on April 3rd, 2020. Buy it with your money, and treat yourself to some spooky scary horror during these trying times. And that does it for this episode of Controller Disconnected. Thank you very much for listening, and please leave us a kind review on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. You can find an easy link to both in the show notes, or you can go straight to ratethispodcast.com slash condisconnected. Please subscribe wherever you may be listening, and we are available on all podcast platforms. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at the handle at condisconnected. And last but not least, please share this episode with someone you know. Word of mouth really goes a long way to helping us grow. Once again, thank you for listening. I am Matthias Carnero, and my lungs are still full of phlegm. <laughs>